Hello for another teaching on the book of Ephesians. My name is Joseph Frana. This is Truth For Today podcast. We have been studying uh, the book of Ephesians, which is a crown jewel of the Apostle Paul. The Holy Spirit inspired him to write this epistle uh, to the Ephesian church, great church in the city of Ephesus. And we're going through this verse by verse so that you don't miss anything of what God wants you to know, understand, and experience, as well as walk in in your Christian life. Uh, the last podcast we did, we did a review, and I'm going to do a little bit more of the review, and then we're going to go right into Ephesians uh, 4. But I don't want you to miss anything in Ephesians the first three chapters. In fact, we're going to start in Ephesians 3, 1, and we're going to go through that. And then uh, next time we'll start on chapter 4. God wants you to know how extremely valuable you are to Him. And He wants you to know the plans and the purposes He has for your life so that you can walk in a way that's pleasing to the Lord and you can bear fruit in every respect in your life. He wants you to be increasing in the knowledge of God. He wants you to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. You know what? In God, you are qualified. Jesus did that when he shed his blood for you on the cross and received you into the family of God as a citizen of heaven. So he's qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And maybe you don't have an earthly inheritance, but I'm telling you, you have a, you have a heavenly inheritance with, which way overshadows any earthly inheritance you could ever obtain. Now in Ephesians chapter, one, uh, chapter 3, if you have your Bible, please grab your Bible. I'm reading out of the New American, well, I'm actually reading out of the King James, but I'm quoting a lot out of the New American Standard Bible too. So, uh, but I will be reading out of the King James Bible, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, Paul wrote this from a prison cell. This is called one of his prison epistles. If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before, in brief, or in a few words. Verse 4, whereby when you read, it's talking about reading this epistle, you can understand my knowledge, or another translation, my insight into the mystery of Christ. Now, the mystery of Christ 
is unfolded in the book of Colossians. But the mystery of Christ in a nutshell is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we're talking about Christ in us, and we're also talking about being in Christ, in Him, in whom, through whom, for whom, all these little phrases that show us our identity in Christ. You have an identity in Christ. You've been delivered from the domain of darkness. You've been transferred into the kingdom, into the glory, into the power of the kingdom of God. You've been justified. You've been sanctified, separated. And the Bible says you've been redeemed. And the Bible goes on to say that you were placed in him and given joint heirship with Jesus Christ. These are powerful truths. You were justified through his blood, made righteous. You were sanctified, set apart, made holy. The Bible even goes to the extreme of saying, you've been glorified. In other words, given his life and nature, his life and nature have been placed on the inside of you. The Bible says you're a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. There's a brand new you on the inside. You have a new heart, a new life, a new covenant with God. You have his spirit, not the spirit of the world, conforming you to the world, but you have the spirit which is from God, conforming you to the image of Christ. These are powerful truths that as you understand these truths and grasp them and comprehend them by revelation knowledge, you will be turned into a different person. You'll no longer be weak, confused, and bewildered. You'll be a powerful instrument in God's hands and you will walk in victory in your life, in every area of your life. Now, let's go back to Ephesians 3. Verse 4, whereby when you read, you can understand my knowledge or insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. What ages were these? Well, there are seven dispensations or seven ages in the Bible, and I don't have time to go through all of them, but, you know, the age of innocence, the age of, you know, really there was an age of chaos before that, age of innocence, age of the law, age of grace. That's the age we're in right now. 
best age. It's the church age, the age of grace, where God is pouring out grace upon grace upon every human being on this earth. Grace is God's ability, God's power, released in the life of every believer as they walk by faith with God every day. This grace is abundant. This grace is God's life, his Zoe life, being lived out through the life of every believer. And so he says here, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body, the body of Christ, and partakers of the promise in Christ by the gospel. There it is, in Christ. The promise in Christ. By the gospel. The gospel is the invitation from God, the message from God, inviting all people to repent of their sins and come into faith in Jesus Christ and receive redemption, restoration, receive righteousness, and receive a place and position of acceptance in the beloved, in Jesus. I love to know that I'm accepted in the beloved. He's in me. He's working through me. He's in you. He's working through you. The Bible says, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. If God's working, if God's for us, then who can be against us? Nothing, no circumstances, no situations, no weaknesses even on our part can prevent God from accomplishing his plan in our lives if we stay in faith and walk by the Spirit. And then in uh, Ephesians 3, it says, Wherefore, verse 7, Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, their gift, their grace gifts. Everything God gives us is by grace. And every gift is a grace gift. Wherefore, I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Grace is what reaches out to man, and how man responds to that grace is by taking hold of it by faith. For by grace we are saved through faith. God sends the grace, sends the good news, and by faith we receive it, we accept it, and we learn to walk in that overcoming grace. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. 
You know, salvation is wonderful. I mean, it's the most necessary step for anyone on this earth to take. But receiving salvation is just the beginning of, the, of understanding and walking in and experiencing the unsearchable riches of Christ. When we begin to see these things by the Spirit of God, when He gives us that spirit of wisdom and revelation, and our eyes, the eyes of our understanding are enlightened, flooded with light, we begin to see ourselves who we really are in Christ. God's sons. It says the whole creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. When we understand these truths and when we get them deep on the inside of us and when they become established in us, these truths established in us strengthen us to walk as Jesus walked on this earth. You know, you're only going to be as strong spiritually as the truths that you're established in. That's why the Bible says, study to show yourself approved of God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed rightly or accurately handling the word of truth. Excuse me. This is the word of truth. This is what sets you free and keeps you free. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The Bible says in Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery, bondage, legalism, religious nonsense that prevents you from walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, and fellowshipping with God in the Spirit. We have access to Him, you know, but it's through the Spirit. So you have to learn how to live and walk in the Spirit. And I'll tell you what, that's probably been the most exciting thing that I've ever learned, is how to live and walk in the Spirit. It brings joy and life, peace and power. And you'll develop such an expectation that every day when you wake up, you'll, you'll be thinking and saying, wow, what's God going to do today? Because every day, God has a supernatural plan for your life filled with many times surprises that you never expected to happen. Okay, so we're going to go back here. I want to try to get through this here. So he was called to preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. You might be called to preach that too. And to make all men see, to make all men what? He didn't say hear here. He said to make all men see 
Well, to see these things, you have to hear them. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So the more you hear the truth, the more the Holy Spirit enables you to see it as a reality in your life. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, verse 10, to the intent, or for the purpose, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, these are the evil powers, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Now, you may not understand what this means yet, but God is in the process of overturning Satan's kingdom on this earth. And the way he does it is through his body, the church. Through them understanding who they are in Christ, their true identity, who Jesus is in us, what authority he has delegated to us, and how to use that authority, how to use his name, how to use the power of faith, and how to walk in the dimension and ability of grace. All these are necessary for us to learn and for us to walk in in our life. And you know what? You're going to have fun learning them. That's one thing about the Bible. It's, it's fun. It's alive. The Word of God is living, quick, and powerful. It's alive. And as, and as you're taught the Word of God by the Spirit of God and through your own personal study, of course, God illuminates you or enlightens your heart to see things you've never seen before about God and about you. Okay, verse 11. According to the eternal purpose, you're part of an eternal plan. The purpose of God for your life is eternal. It's not temporary or temporal. It's eternal. Yes, it starts here, but it doesn't end here. The purpose of God for your life keeps going on way beyond this life into the ages. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers and in the heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. In other words, we can exercise his conquest, his authority over all the powers of darkness according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness, boldness, not wimpy, not weak, not, uh, you know, like the world wants you to be, just a pushover. No. In whom we have boldness. In whom, there it is again, in whom, in Christ, we have boldness. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion, but the wicked flee 
when no one is pursuing. They're scared to death of the power of God. In whom we have boldness and access. Access to what? To who? To where? We have access to the courts of heaven. We have access to the presence of the Father by one spirit. With confidence by the faith of him. So we don't come to God, you know, weak and defeated and confused, bewildered. No. The Bible says, come boldly into the throne of grace that you may receive mercy and find grace to help in time, in the time of your need. Well-timed help just when you need it. I tell you, God's restored us through Christ. We, we, man was fallen through Adam, through his disobedience and sin and rebellion, but Christ restored us back into a place of boldness with God and a seating in the heavenly places. Adam never sat in heavenly places. Moses <clears throat> never sat in heavenly places. David, Isaiah, Ezekiel, they never sat in heavenly places, but us, the body of Christ, believers in Jesus, our place is sitting in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the age or world to come. We have a special place in God as members of the body of Christ. It goes way beyond that, but that I'm going to, well, we may touch on that later on, but I'm not going to go into it now. So here it says, in whom, in Christ, we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. It just takes faith. That's a decision, not an emotion, to trust God. Anybody can exercise it. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations. He went through a lot preaching the gospel. For you, which is your glory, he brought the glory of God to many nations, many regions of the world. And verse 14, for this cause I bow my knees. Boy, he honored God. The apostle Paul was a man who honored God. And the Bible says, those who honor me, I will honor. 1 Samuel 2.30. When you and I honor the Lord, as king, as the author and finisher of our faith, God honors our life and favors us. I'm going to go into that a little bit later. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Part of the body of Christ, those that have passed on from this life, are in heaven. But we who are still here obviously are on the earth. So the body of Christ is in two locations. One, they're in heaven. And the other, 
that are still here were on the earth, of whom the whole family, but we're one family, in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. This is a prayer that you can pray in Ephesians 3, starting in verse 14. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. You have access to a place in God, to a place in his glory, in his presence. The Bible says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. That's God's presence, God's throne room, God's glory. And you and I have that, have access. Jesus said, I'm the door. What was he the door to? Well, he was the door to salvation, but he was, it was more than that. He was the door to the courts of heaven, the presence of God and the glory of God, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, to, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. There's another life on the inside of you as a Christian. It's the life of the Son of God. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself up for me. That he would grant you, saints, believers, Christians, according to the riches of his glory, verse 16, to be strengthened with power or might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. This is a just an amazing truth that Jesus Christ dwells in our heart by faith. Everything in the kingdom, in every age, you know, the seven church, or the seven dispensations, the seven periods of time that are in the Bible, none of them were like this time. Even in the Old Testament, the only people that had the anointing of God or the presence of God in their life were prophets, priests, and kings. No one had the indwelling Holy Spirit. But today, in this age, in this church age, the age of grace, Jesus said in John 7, on the great day of the feast, he cried out and said, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For out of his innermost being shall flow rivers, plural, of living water. This he spoke of the Spirit that those who believed on him were to receive. They hadn't received him yet. This he spoke of the Spirit that those who received him were to receive, for the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified after his 
death and resurrection. We'll get into that later. All the depth of the wisdom, of both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable is his wisdom. And unfathomable his ways. People think they have God figured out. Well, they better think again. Because God is so far above us, we need to just honor him and submit to him every day of our lives. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above or beyond all that we ask or think according to the power, the Holy Spirit, that works in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. It's talking about time future here. World without end. When it says God wants us to be filled with all the fullness of God, it just means that we're to have total saturation in our lives of the Spirit and power of God. Thank you for listening again today to this podcast of Truth for Today. It's such a privilege and an honor to bring it to you. I love you, and I hope that you're doing good and I know that the Word of God will change your life forever. Until next time, have a great day, and thank you for being with us.